0: grinding on a Thursday. Welcome into the Y'all Show with the grinder in chief of this program, John Rawl. How's it going? Hope your Thursday is off and up and going in a big, big way. We're going to have a lot of fun on today's Y'all. We're going to continue our discussion of the SEC Media Days in Hour 2. We're going to hear from the Iron Bowl rival coaches. We'll hear from not only Gus Malzahn, but the coach of the national champion Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban. We'll hear his thoughts at Media Days 2018. And of course, Coach Malzahn of Auburn, he bested Nick Saban in 2017. And Coach Malzahn was at the mic this morning in Atlanta. We'll have that audio coming up in hour two. Plus, we'll hear the opening statement from the new head coach in Starkville as Joe Moorhead had a very impressive day at the mic. And we'll tell you all about it in hour two. Plus, we'll hear from the head coach of the Missouri Tigers Barry Odom as Mizzou tries to improve upon a 2017 season that had its ups and downs. Also in hour two, we'll have Matt Herman stop by, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. And he's got plenty of good eating joints that he wants to tell you about. So you don't want to miss that in hour two. In hour one here today, we're going to not only give you the headlines in, in just a second but also coming up we're going to have our festive south where we tell you about some cool events going on this weekend and next weekend across the southeast and we've got one real special festival that you need to know about but if you're going to go to this festival we need to make sure you bundle up not not for the cold weather that's not going to be the case but no we got to make sure you bundle up because it's the great texas mosquito festival taking place in Clute, Texas. Yes, and Dana Pomerinke of that festival will tell us all about it. How in the world does a town get into the Mosquito Festival business? We'll tell you about it. It It's a big deal, and there's some great country music acts coming to Clute next weekend. So we'll have plenty of that on today's Y'all Show. And that's just around the old Mosquito Bend. Moving to the headlines across Dixie and the Tennessee Titans are right now square in the eyesight of diehard conservatives across the country because the Titans star defensive end Jarrell Casey told CNN Sport on Wednesday in an interview that he will remain on the field this year and protest during the national anthem while accepting any fines levied on him during the season. He said quote, "I'm going to take a fine this year. why not?" He said this in London by the way, as he was over there at an NFL event promoting the league. He said, "I'm going to protest during the flag. That's what I'm going to say now so if if this player, who is an all pro for Tennessee's NFL franchise, if he's willing to take the fine, then I think you're going to see more and more of this as we get closer to the start of season. remember." The NFL teams haven't even reported to camp for the most part. You've got two teams, the Ravens and the Bears, that are already going this week because they play that first preseason game in Canton, Ohio in early August. Most teams don't report and don't have all their veterans in until next week, and that's when the Titans report to Nashville. And now that Casey has maybe let the cat out of bag, I think you're going to see more and more players just jump on this whole issue. And it's not because they're trying to really make a statement for black lives matter or whatever, they just don't like President Trump. I I think that's my opinion. I, I think it really comes down to they don't like Trump and they don't like what the NFL owners have done by essentially banning Colin Kaepernick from the league. I don't know if the guy really deserves a second chance, but the NFL owners seem to not have gone out of their way to give Kaepernick a chance to make good on a bad season that he last had, I think for the 49ers was the last team he was with. so. Look for more and more players to try to do something with this national anthem. It's not over, even though the NFL wants to put it behind them. Between the president tweeting and the NFL players all trying to make their own statement, this is going to stay in the news for quite some time. Speaking of President Trump, he's jumped into the Georgia GOP gubernatorial runoff, which is taking place next week as the president this week endorsed Brian Kemp. He tweeted on Wednesday. Brian Kemp is running for governor of the great state of Georgia. The primary is on Tuesday. Brian is tough on crime, strong on the border, and illegal immigration. He loves our military and our vets and protects our Second Amendment. I give him my full and total endorsement. And right now, Kemp is the Secretary of State in Georgia, and he's facing off against current Georgia's Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle. And this race, again, is on Tuesday, July 24th. The winner of that will move on to face a Democratic opponent in November. And I think her name's Stacy Abrams, if I'm not mistaken. And she would be the first black female governor in all of America if elected in November. But that's in November. Right now you've got a race between Kemp and Cagle going on in the Peach State. Speaking of governors and state politics, the issue in, in the state of Missouri has been quite, quite ugly. As we know recently, their Republican governor had to resign because of very serious allegations against him. Well, now the lieutenant governor was uh, moved up to governor and the state Democratic Party in the Show Me State is not happy about the appointment of the lieutenant governor. They filed an appeal on Tuesday saying that the party has said that the ambiguity in Missouri's constitution and law mean lieutenant governors can only be elected, not appointed. So there's a fight going on in Jefferson City about who the lieutenant governor of Missouri should be as both the current governor and the lieutenant governor that's been appointed, Mike Kehoe, are Republicans. And I think the Democrats want to see some kind of election, maybe in the chambers, or maybe for the general public to see who's going to be the real lieutenant governor. As As they said, it's a little sketchy about, according to their own state constitution, who should ascend to the role. We told you last week on the Y'all Show how the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, there were some city leaders who did not want the 2020 Republican Convention to come to Charlotte as they felt like it would bring a lot of protests. They didn't want the president coming, I guess. Well, last week, to Charlotte's credit, they did have a meeting and, and they decided that uh, on actually in the last in the last week on monday the charlotte city council voted 6-5 in favor of hosting the event published reports suggest charlotte is favored to land the convention i know they were up against i think las vegas as a potential host of the 2020 republican convention the city of charlotte hosted the 2012 democratic national convention i remember seeing president obama give a big speech at bank of america stadium the home of the carolina panthers and that was in the 2012 election cycle. But in 2020, Republicans in Charlotte, it's looking like it could happen. And it's good to see maybe the, the state of North Carolina and even South Carolina, which is just a few miles across the state line from Charlotte, it's good to see the Carolinas getting some attention from a national perspective, if, if this were to happen in 2020, a Republican National Convention. Of course, both states, especially South Carolina, are very red. North Carolina, a bit of a question mark heading into the 2016 election, but President Trump did pull off a victory in the Tar Heel State. In Florida, sad news is a 71-year-old man died after eating raw oysters. He was at a Sarasota restaurant back on July 8th when he ate them and fell ill and ended up dying. The infection from this is called the Vibrio vulnificus bacteria, Florida health officials say. So be careful, especially now that we're in the middle of the summertime, you know, this is not your typical oyster season in the middle of July and, and moving into August, you really have to wait till those months with the R's. I'm sure you all know this, uh, September, October, November. The further you go, the, the, the probably better the oyster and, and the less chance of having something that has a raw oyster being having a flesh-eating bacteria, and in this case, it killed a Florida man in the last few days. In Texas, this was a gruesome sight as 48 sets of remains believed to have been buried between the years 1878 and 1910 have been exhumed from an unmarked cemetery in Fort Bend County, Texas. As it looks like this was a cemetery for black prison inmates who were first forced to work on Texas plantations in the reconstruction era. Artifacts including chains have also been uncovered from the site. and totals total, 95 set for, sets of remains have been found since crews found the cemetery when they started work on building the Fort Bend Independent School District's $59 million career and technical center in Sugar Land. Of course, Sugar Land is a big suburb of Houston, and that's where it looks like this cemetery was in the Sugar Land area of Houston. And in the old days, it looks like a lot of prisoners died working on the... Plantations of Houston in that area and they had a cemetery that was essentially not marked and now they have uncovered it just a Very ugly scene there in Texas to see that if you've seen the pictures so many bodies. That's a shame I I know we have unmarked graves of all types all over the place, but uh, you would have thought somewhere along the way they would have some kind of marking and maybe some justification of how that many inmates had died, I, I'm best case scenario, maybe there was a, a, a prison right there beside the cemetery and these prisoners all died of natural causes and not a mysterious way, we hope. But bad things happen in those days, as we all know, bad things happen in today's world, as we all know that too. In Baltimore, if you're a kid, well, you may not be happy because a new law went into effect in Baltimore on Wednesday and this new law says that kids in restaurants are not going to have a chance to see all the stuff they want to drink because starting Wednesday restaurants in Baltimore are now officially barred from including sodas and other sugary drinks on kids menus. Baltimore is now the biggest US city and the first on the East Coast to pass this kind of measure. If you want that high C, if you want that Sprite, and I'm only saying that because those are the two drinks it looks like kids probably are going to likely get out of a a drink machine. I don't like to call it soda. I'm a southerner. That's what the article said here that I'm reading called it soda. It's a drink. It's a Coke, okay? But if you're a kid in Baltimore, Maryland, I don't know what you're going to end up drinking. I guess they've got milk, 100% fruit juices and water, and flavored or sparkling water without added sweeteners must now be the default beverages for kids' meals at Baltimore eateries. The mayor of Baltimore, Catherine Pugh, signed the legislation to make this a reality earlier in July. The ordinance is intended to stop youngsters overconsumption of sugary drinks, perceived as a key factor in high rates of chronic diseases such as diabetes. True, I know drinks probably aren't the best thing, but if you have a young child like I do, it's hard to get them to drink. Now, to my son's credit, he likes water. And and maybe that's what everybody should be drinking all the time. But golly, there's just nothing like a good soft drink. Nothing like a good Coke. And not all Cokes are created equal. There's some fast food restaurants out there where the Coke is much better than at other fast food restaurants. I don't want to name names, but you know who you are. But if you're a kid in Baltimore, you might want to BYOC bring your own coke moving on to mississippi and as a former newspaper publisher in mississippi this story is near and dear to me and it just shows how we newspaper publishers we're really nice people no matter what you may think you may be upset at your local newspaper publisher for he's too liberal he's too conservative this guy is totally out of touch with our community well Kudos to Russell Turner of the Greene County Herald in Leakesville as he helped a stranger on July 5th. As Turner came home from work, he found a winded and flustered stranger sitting on the steps outside his house. The man told him that he had a motorcycle wreck and he was wearing a long sleeve camo shirt and green pants. He wasn't wearing what would be considered prison garb. The man told him he needed to get to the hospital because his wife was in labor. The newspaper publisher said, I knew something was off, but clearly I didn't know he was an escaped convict. And not only was he an escaped convict, but Michael F. Wilson was a convicted murderer, and he had just escaped from the South Mississippi Correctional Institution in Leakesville, and that was only about a mile and a half away from Turner's house. So, not always a good thing to be a good Samaritan, and in this case, the newspaper publisher helped a man out who ended up being an escaped murderer. Luckily he got caught, was back in jail. Hopefully the folks at the South Mississippi Correctional Institution found out where he escaped from and they won't have to deal with this kind of thing again. But what a crazy story coming out of South Mississippi with the escaped murderer being assisted by a newspaper publisher. (laughs) Doesn't happen every day. Moving on over to the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State where in Columbia, the State Capitol, the former police chief of the city of Columbia was arrested on a drug charge. Chief Randy Scott, who's no longer with the department, he was let go a couple years ago, he's been charged with possession of less than one gram of meth or cocaine-based first offense. The State Law Enforcement Division assisted the U.S. Marshals Service at Scott's residence on Tuesday. He was given a $5,500 bond and has been released. They said, law enforcement said when they got to his home, they saw drugs in plain view. A search warrant allowed a further search of the home where meth was found in Scott's bedroom. Oh, my. My, my, my. Scott left the Columbia Police Department in 2013 and then quickly joined the Richland County Sheriff's Department a month later, but ended up resigning uh, because of medical reasons. And now the former police chief of... I think Columbia is the biggest city in South Carolina if not it's the one of the biggest cities and more importantly the most famous thing about Columbia South Carolina it's where I was born <laughs> but I'm no police chief and I haven't been arrested for meth yet yet <laughs> okay that's a joke I'm not I'm not I'm never tried meth never thought about it I think it's absolutely atrocious what's happened to our region and our country with people that have given up so much because of that and it's a horrible thing. I know President Trump has been big time going against opioids and meth. Um, it's it's just a tragedy, and we've got to get beyond it because it is it's just it's just bad, 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 bad. Okay, moving on to Louisiana, and this is where we're going to do our dumb, D-U-M-M dumb. In this case, Christian Palacols was arrested for allegedly. Misusing the 911 system, but get this, this Louisiana man called 911 to see if there were any active warrants out for his arrest, and (laughs) Thibodeau police said, okay, thanks for calling. They showed up at his house, and they arrested him because he did have outstanding warrants. He was given a misdemeanor summons, which carries a penalty of up to 30 days, and fined up to $500 for his outstanding warrants and misusing a emergency call system. If you're wondering if you've got something going on with the legal system, might wanna have a, another party call to check up on your warrant situation. Okay, moving on finally to the city of Memphis. And how about this? Graceland, they've done such a great job at Elvis' home the last few years, frankly. Priscilla Presley gets a lot of credit for that. They've got a brand new wedding venue on the grounds of Graceland, and now the site is looking for couples to participate in a special vow renewal on August 13th. Only 10 couples will be selected. The only catch is that each couple has to have met during Elvis week or at Graceland. The ceremony will take place at the new chapel in the woods, which is located near the guest house at Graceland. You can go to graceland.com to learn more, of course, Elvis Week 2018's coming up in mid-August, and I guess you call it a celebration, but more of a remembrance of Elvis's passing. His last year was the 31st, no, 41st, golly, 41st year since Elvis died in 1977. But now Graceland with a new chapel, and they got a new fancy hotel there on the property in Memphis. Great place, if you love Elvis or you just love the South and you want to do something different, I encourage you to go to the Bluff City of Memphis and check out Graceland and the great work that's going on there as it is the second most visited home in all of America. trails only the White House. Don't be cruel. The Y'all Show will take a little break and when we come back, we'll talk about another place you can go to sometime and that's some great festivals going on across the Southeast this weekend, next weekend, and in just a few minutes, we're going to welcome in Dana Pomerinke from the Great Texas Mosquito Festival. That's coming up next weekend in Clute, Texas. And it's going to be very, very itchy to find out what she has to say about her festival celebrating mosquitoes. Skeeters! Oh, gosh! That's coming up on The Y'all Show.
1: Ah, the sounds of summer. And this... Is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring? You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus 7 healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.
2: There's never been a better time to try our Sprint Network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help.
3: Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title Premium Music Streaming, 15GB Mobile Hotspot, and Full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price.
4: Exactly! We need to shout this deal
3: from the rooftops. You got it. Atlas, I didn't mean literally! Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan, best deal
4: ever! Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just forty-two dollars per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now twenty-two dollars per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com/Unlimited, or call one-eight-hundred-Sprint-one.
3: Price with five dollars per month, auto-pay discount. One Hulu Limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line, subject to credit and 3rd dollars activation fee. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.
2: When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. Vistaprint's semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options, like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them, too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG.
0: Back we are, this is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, John Rawl, and you can join us, 803-816-1170, 803-816-1170. Call that number. We just got a brand new greeting there, and I think you'll like it if you call that number. We, a friendly voice will greet you, so check it out. Also you can text that number any time of day, anywhere you may be, 803-816-1170. If you got a question, comment anything out there that you need to get off your mind if you love the South you love the show you want to criticize the South you want to criticize the show we welcome your input on the y'all show we've got a spotlight on the great Texas mosquito festival coming up and that's after this segment here and our Dixie destination for the week clute Texas right now other festivals going on throughout the southeast this weekend next weekend that we want to tell you about and we've told you last week about the Cashiers Plain Air Festival taking place in Cashiers, North Carolina this weekend. Also last week on the show, our Dixie destination was the Concours d'Elegance classic car show in Lexington, Kentucky at Kingland Racetrack. That's going on this weekend. So friendly reminder to get to the bluegrass if you want to see some great cars and have a great time. The Virginia Lake Festival taking place in Clarksville, Virginia this weekend. Also in Lake Charles, you've got the Cajun Music and Food Festival. I need to book my reservations to Lake Charles right now. That sounds exactly what I need. Good food, good music. In the home of the Mountaineers in Morgantown, West Virginia, the Mountain Fest going on there, and that's taking place this weekend. In Natch- Natch- Nac- Nac- Natchitoches, N- Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches is in Texas, Natchitoches. Sorry, Louisiana, I I know there's a small difference in how you pronounce it. It's the home of Northwestern State, home of the Demons. They're having the Natchitas NSU Folk Festival this weekend. Sorry, I need to brush up on my North Louisiana slash Central Louisiana vernacular. That's going on this weekend. The Butternut Creek Festival taking place in the North Georgia town of Blairsville. That's going on this weekend. Butternutcreekfestival.com is where you need to go on the internet to see more about it. Oxford, Mississippi, the Oxford Blues Fest going on this weekend. It's the ninth annual Oxford Blues Festival on the historic Oxford Square. So if you love blues and you love Mississippi and you love Oxford this weekend in O-Town, check it out. Also in Louisville, Kentucky, if you like the movie The Big Lebowski, well, they're having the 20th anniversary celebration of that with the 17th annual. Lebowski Fest in Louisville, where it all started. And this is a historic celebration with the free official pre-party where there's going to be music, trivia, and a silent auction. The Lebowski Fest, Louisville, Kentucky. Haven't seen that movie. Probably pretty good. Now, to next week, also in the bluegrass, in Henderson, the Sandy Lee Watkins Songwriters Festival, taking place July 25th. Through the twenty-eighth Songfest.com on the World Wide Web, if you want to know more about that, that should be a good festival. A lot of songwriters, both that have made that have had some success and those who are looking to make it in the biz, all coming to Henderson, Kentucky, for the Sandy Lee Watkins Songwriters Festival. And the, the people in Lake Charles stay busy because visit LakeCharles.org. Have the Lake Charles, Louisiana Marshland Festival going on next weekend. So Lake Charles, you got a lot of good stuff going on there in Southwest Louisiana. And if you need somewhere to go, that's a good place to go for a a Dixie destination. Not far from Lake Charles is Clute, Texas, just on the other side of Houston from Lake Charles. And when we come back, we're going to be hearing all about next weekend's Great Texas Mosquito Festival. It's going to be a one-of-a-kind experience. If you haven't been, we encourage you to go to Clute for next weekend's big event. And when we come back, a representative from that will tell us all about it. I don't want to miss it. This is y'all with John Rawl.
4: What do you hear?
2: And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T dot promo code 4646.
5: Avant.com code 4646. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-to's. An overflowing toilet can wreak havoc on your home. So
4: today... I'll show you how to avoid a flood by installing the toilet in your bathtub. All you need is a plumber's wrench and a hose clamp. This easy modification not only stops flooding, it also cuts down on morning prep time.
5: You could try to protect your home with a tub toilet, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and, of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. is it black, gray, gray, gray-black, brown. Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's actually like owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands.
6: A strong-willed feline.
5: Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an
1: amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.
2: a mistake sometimes the sometimes
7: sometimes it all comes together
3: sometimes you're
0: and welcome back to the Thursday y'all the show all about the South as we celebrate our festive South we have a special festival for you to keep in mind this is a quite unusual festival That is held each year in the town of Clute, Texas, 55 miles southeast of Houston, and it's going on next weekend. It's the Great Texas Mosquito Festival. This year's event is the 38th annual Great Texas Mosquito Festival in Clute, and we're going to go now to the festival chairman, and that is Dana Pomerinke, joining us now from Clute. And hopefully not too far from a few mosquitoes, hello Dana.
7: thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our upcoming event.
0: You love mosquitoes,
7: obviously well, you learn to live with them
0: yes, well, they say they've got a few there in southeast Texas
7: We do uh, we've had a bumper crop off and on this year because we've been kind of wet off and on, and now we're into some drought so uh, it's 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 a it's a Blessing in one hand, and then maybe we won't have so many visitors at the festival. But hey, you know, we'll
0: we'll see. We want people to come out. Of course, you've got a festival in late July, so it's prime mosquito season.
7: It is, you know, they, and they like the heat. So uh, mosquitoes like warmth. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely going to be that. We're pushing around mid mid to high nineties right now, and the humidity is probably about eighty five to ninety percent.
0: So right. it's warm. Dana, there are a lot of festivals across the Southeast, including Texas, most of which are your standard run-of-the-mill type festival. People celebrate food and animals, and they celebrate other events going on. But I don't know of any other mosquito festival. How in the world did Clute Texas choose such a unique festival?
7: Well, i tell you what was going on. Uh, Back in the late 70s, there was a possibility of Clute losing its name. So there was some fear that they were fixing to lose, the Clutonians were fixing to lose their identity. And so um, they... they decided that they were going to be a group of people. They formed together a, com- a committee called the Clute Cultural Advancement Committee, kind of through the city council and those kind of things. And they charged this group with coming up with something to help promote Clute. And so this group of people, uh, which I was not involved in, I've not been. I've been here since about 1984. Uh, they. They were all having a round table meeting about, hey, we've got to do something. We've got to promote our city. We cannot lose our name. And I think they exhausted a lot of resources and had a lot of fun that night. And finally, somebody just threw up their hands and said, well, you know what? We have lots of mosquitoes, so why don't we just have a festival, and we'll call it the Great Texas Mosquito Festival, and we will celebrate one of our natural resources of our area. And it evolved basically from that meeting. Um, they went to approach council. They said, okay, we've got an ideal, but we need funding. And so the council went with that. They started funding. Our event is funded through hotel-motel tax. And so it, it grew from obviously a one-day event, and it kind of just – escalated into the three-day event and the 38th annual that's coming up next week
0: wow now tell us again to kind of help people who may not be familiar with your part of texas what is the history of clute and how many people live there and just give us a snapshot of the area besides mosquitoes what else is going on there
7: well clute is actually we're only about the way the crow fly we're only about four to five miles from the from the Gulf Coast, uh, down close to Freeport, Surfside, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a population now currently uh, probably over eleven to 12,000 people. Uh, we sit obviously in a very uh, chemical industry. We, we're highly surrounded or, you know, with chemical uh, plants. So um, that tr- primarily was what was going on here as far as uh, uh employment that's obviously you know daddy dow as i used to refer to them and of course we have multiple other companies basf and whatnot but those companies were the primary uh primary employers in, of our area and so we're kind of um just a a community and we're kind of called the hub because we have other cities we kind of sit in the middle and we have other small cities all around us and so we don't have this ex- massive area to expand you know on so we're uh, they basically call us the hub of brazos port
0: ah okay And And
7: Brazosport, meaning an area, we come, our county, we're in a a fairly large, one of the largest counties in the state of Texas. It's called Brazoria County. And so, um, but we do have uh, other cities that we kind of just circle us, and we, we literally sit in the middle of those.
0: Of course, you're south of Houston. You're kind of south of Galveston as well. Your area, we are your area last year, 2017, around Labor Day was hit hard by Hurricane Harvey. Tell us about the impact of that and how you're getting that behind you as you get ready for the Great Mosquito Festival.
7: Well, our area was very, very uh, hit by Harvey. Uh, We had a lot of flooding in the area. I I am happy to say that the city of cloch somehow some way we survived we had little to no flooding in our our city mm. surrounding cities around us all did experience flooding and a lot of those basically cuz the waterways were just um you know, they're full, they're backed up, so the drainage in, in various places had a lot of houses uh, go underwater uh, upward to four to five feet into their homes, you know, surrounding us. But we were very fortunate. But that being said, uh, since we are a hub and we all have these communities around us, you know, it's been very difficult for, for the regrowth and uh, for some of the uh, areas. Um, you know, I think starting out after the 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 floods and everything very early on you know things suffered a lot as far as people being able to go and do things and now there are still rebuilding and there's still i know there's a lot of expense to many 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 families and and so that but i think now they're getting to a point where they need some type of relief a break you know They've been working on reconstructing and all that now. For getting close to be a year since this activity and or this incident that happened, so um, I think people are looking at you know for things to do. Uh, Family, let's we've got to take a break. We've got to we've got to focus on something else other than you know uh, still dealing with rebuilding after a, a flood. So.
0: Yeah, and, the- and there's
7: a lot of activity in our area. There's so many uh, different events that happen uh, around us, and it's 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 good that, to my knowledge, no event has been canceled due to the floods. Uh, it may have been, you know, some things may have been a little different, but uh, but nothing was canceled.
0: The July 26th through 28th Great Texas Mosquito Festival will be the first festival you will have had since the devastating impact of Hurricane Harvey on the Lone Star State. We're talking today with Dana Pomerinke. She is the chairperson of the Great Texas Mosquito Festival. And Dana, speaking of Harvey, have you seen an increase in mosquitoes as a result of the storm last year?
7: Well, obviously, right after this, or I didn't say right after, but a period after, because there was so much standing water for so long in various areas, mm-hmm. uh, we did obviously have some, some pretty good uh, mosquitoes. Um and then you know, as it's dried up and it's gone it's gotten better, however, in the last month we've had a couple of really good outbreaks because we've had some we've been fortunate enough to have some showers which which uh we were almost getting into a drought situation, and we started getting some showers and so over the last i'd say pardon me three weeks we've had some pretty good you know showers and stuff, so we've they're hatching. Um, Currently, uh, for about the last three or four days, we've pretty much been in uh, a—you know—it's it's it's drying up and everything. So, I still expect some of those to hatch for over the from the last week or so. Um, And when and they were vicious. I'm not even going to lie; they've been vicious. And um, obviously, our county our county does spray because when they're so bad, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's just a. It's not only a nuisance, but obviously could
0: be a health threat to some. Dana, we want to help you and we want to support your festival, but it's a little scary for, especially for someone like me. I am a mosquito sponge. Mosquitoes <laughs> love me. So, what in the world can I do coming to your festival if 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 mosquitoes are prone to attack me? What can I do? Because I don't. I like mosquitoes. I just well, don't want them to bite me.
7: Right, well, um you know that we we have some disadvantages, uh and all of us are going to have a disadvantage because mosquitoes like heat okay. they they like it to be warm, so that's that's strike number one against us. Uh, if we don't have ba- any bad rains, hopefully we'll'll we'll be it'll be minimal uh if we do. Then I would say for people to dress appropriately and take uh, you know any precaution that they normally would if they don't want to get bit.
0: Okay, well, good points there. Now, why getting away from the craziness of your festival? Why should mosquitoes be celebrated? I know they have a purpose in our environment, and why God put them on Earth?
7: Well, actually, uh, you know, mosquitoes do play a huge role in uh, a complex food web. Um, so, they the larvae uh, provide nutrients for fish and other aquatic animals, uh, you know, frogs eat mosquitoes, tadpoles don't eat mosquitoes, they eat the larvae, um, but mosquitoes do play uh, a big part. They, they feed on the waste products in the water, and they also provide nutrients and nitrogen for the plant life. So... Regardless if we, if we think they're useless, and they are pests, a little pest, uh, for the most part, they do play a huge role in our ecosystem. So, uh, you know, God had a bigger plan for those little critters.
0: Well, the Great Texas Mosquito Festival has an impact on your area and in that part of Texas. Tell me about the impact financially it does have on Clute and your county.
7: Well, we obviously our goal was to uh, promote travel and tourism into our city, and so I think over the years that it has done what it was set out to do. It put Clute on the map. People, whether we're crazy or not, you know, people say yeah, a mosquito festival. Oh yeah, that's in down there in Clute, Texas. <laughs> and so the festival is I think, accomplished what it set out to do. We do draw. Um, people from out obviously from outside of our city and I say we come from a large county so our goal is to get all of attract all of our county outside of our county which goes probably you know 60 miles out and then we attract the Houston market and and some toward Matagorda Bay, but we also get out of town visitors from all over the state of Texas, as well as from out of state. Uh, for me to pinpoint to tell you exactly how many, I would I wouldn't, but I do know our hotels see see a rise and an increase in uh, during the weekend of the festival. So uh, that relates to we know people are coming into town, they're eating in our restaurants, they're buying our our gas and those things and hopefully they're eat, they're they're visiting restaurants but we hope that a lot of those they're visiting our vendors out here on site as well and and supporting them.
0: To learn more about the Mosquito Festival, you can visit mosquitofestival.com. Again, this is next weekend in Clute, Texas. Some of the activities I just need to mention Yes, you love you love mosquitoes, but you've got some other things going on besides mosquitoes that people can take part of and witness. You've got a barbecue and fajita cookoff going on. You've got a mosquito chase five k run. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I got to ask you about this, Dana. You've got something called mosquito calling. What in the world is that?
7: Well, two of our really fun contests related to, and I say fun because I think you have to be are uh, willing to have some fun to even participate. And we call them call contests where we don't make you register. It comes up at when it's time for that event. We announce it, let people know, hey, we're fixing to have the mosquito cowling contest, and we're also fixing to have the mosquito look-alike leg contest. <laughs> and those are two fun things that people have fun with. Uh, and we Normally do a youth group and an adult group. Uh, the youth group, you know, they're they kids and they're having fun. They're making up calls to call them mosquito, and then some of our adults maybe they maybe they have spent a little time uh, with some adult beverage, and so they they have a little bit better time calling a mosquito than most. Um, and then, you know, as far as lookalike legs, I'm not going to say that's a title that a lot of people want, but they sure have a lot of fun with it. We've seen some really skinny legs with some really hairy legs, and you name it, we've seen it. And they like to show off their legs during that event.
0: Well, I give you or whoever else down there a lot of credit, Clute, Texas. Y'all are very creative. I don't know if mosquito bites make you more creative, but you've got it going on, Dana.
7: Well, we're looking forward to another great event. We've got we, – one of our, our big attractions uh, is also our entertainment. We have live entertainment, and we try to have um, um, known entertainment. So we're looking forward to our – you know, giving that opportunity for our citizens and our patrons to come out and, and see some quality entertainment as well.
0: All right. Well, some of your entertainment on Saturday night. You've got Kevin Fowler, a known artist, will be playing. On Friday night, July 27th, a guy, David Nail, who's had some success on the country music chart, will be your featured performer alongside some others on Friday night. So you've got music, you've got food, a lot of fun, Clute, Texas. Dana, thank you very much for taking the time to tell us a little bit more about the Great Texas Mosquito Festival happening next weekend just south of Houston. Thank you very much. And I, I, do we need to bring our own off or other repellent? Or are you going to have plenty uh, of that?
7: Yeah, it wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to stuff some in your pocket, okay. just in case.
0: All right. Dana, thank you very much. Dana and Pomerinke with the Clute Texas Mosquito Festival. You have a good one, and uh, bundle up. All uh,
7: right. Thanks, John. I appreciate it alright All have a great day.
0: And David Nell, as we mentioned, is one of the performers at next weekend's festival there in Clute, and he's going to take us to break. More of the Y'all Show will continue. We've got Hour 2 coming up. This is Y'all with John
4: Rawls.
5: GEICO presents unhelpful home improvement how-to's. Lightning can spark a fire in seconds. So today,
4: I'll show you how to protect your belongings by covering them in a fireproof blanket fort. All you need is a hammer, nails, and 700 fireproof blankets. Upon completion, you'll notice your apartment isn't just fireproof. It's also extremely cozy.
5: You could try to protect your valuables with a fireproof blanket fort. Or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be.
1: Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus 7 healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.
2: There's never been a better time to try our Sprint network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas
3: is here to help. Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD. All on the network built for Unlimited at the best price.
2: Exactly.
4: We need to shout this deal from the rooftops.
3: You got it.
2: Atlas, I didn't mean Literally.
3: Sprint's new Unlimited Plus plan. Best deal ever.
4: Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store Sprint.com Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1.
3: Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines subject to credit. $30 activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply.
0: show all about the South is back on the air. Hello, welcome into hour two of Thursday, y'all, with John Rawl. Hey, hope you're doing good. And I know you all are wondering, hey, isn't there some kind of something going on in Atlanta, Georgia this week that you haven't really had a lot of yet on the show today? Well, it's time now for SEC Football Media Days 2018 coverage on y'all. Are you ready? (laughs) <laughs> okay, Ole Miss fans, no, not ready for that part. Yes, we are ready for that. We also want to tease that coming up after this segment, we're going to have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Herman's, on the program, and he's going to be talking about, we just heard in the previous hour about the great Texas Mosquito Festival. Well, if, if you're going to be grilling outside, how do you keep those mosquitoes and bugs away from your grill? Because you know they just want to They just want to stick onto your meat and and devour it just like you do. Well, how do you keep that from happening? Matt Heerman is going to tell us. Plus, he's got some great barbecue joints in the Pelican State he wants to pass along to us. So that's coming up. But right now on y'all, we're going to talk about SEC football. We've got a quartet of SEC coaches all queued up and ready to come at you now on the program. Starting off with the two state universities, the big state universities in Alabama and we're talking Crimson Tide, we're talking about the Plainsman. And I gotta pick one of these two to go first, and do I go with the SEC West champion, the winner of the Iron Bowl, or do we go with the national champion? Let's go with the SEC West champ. They deserve more attention anyway. The Gus Bus was at the mic at SEC Media Days. Gus Malzahn, head coach of the Auburn Tigers. These are his comments he had this morning.
8: All right. Uh, First of all, very honored to be here at SEC Media Days again, to be back um, here at the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame, a great venue uh, to put this event on. Just a quick recap of last season. You know, I thought we were very close. Um, You know, we won the SEC West, which I believe is the toughest division in college football. One game away from the college football playoff, which, you know, is everybody's gold. We have a lot of our players back that experience that. Uh, we've got the majority of our coaches all but one back. And so I really feel like we're going to have a hungry team you know, trying to take that next step. Uh, brought three of our team leaders here with us. Uh, first of all, our quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, uh, was the SEC Newcomer of the Year. Just felt like he did a great job uh, leading our offense and leading our team. Through for 3,000 yards, uh, he has re- recently graduated, and he has recently got engaged, so he's got a lot going on uh, ready for this season. Uh, linebacker Deshaun Davis, uh, our leading tackler from last year, a two-year starter, really probably our defensive leader. He's like a coach on the field. He's one of those guys that really plays with a chip on his shoulder and uh, sets the intensity. Uh, he also uh, recently graduated. And then lastly, our defensive tackle, Don Tavius Russell, Uh, a three-year starter about to be a four-year starter which is very rare uh, in our league it's very rare at Auburn I really feel like he's one of the the more underrated players in our league and doesn't get enough credit for what he does he's a very unselfish player he's very consistent and he is fixing to graduate next month so very proud to bring these three guys to represent Auburn Uh, defensively you know I really feel like our strength once again will be our front seven like it was last year and I think big picture wise, we have a chance to be as good defensively or possibly even better. Um, you know, offensively, the big thing I, that stands out to me is our quarterback's back. And this is only the second time since I've been at Auburn in nine years that our quarterback's back. And so I think that's a very positive. Uh, really, I think the key to our offense is going to be uh, our offensive line and how quick they can come together. Uh, We've got three guys that have started, and I think a total of 20 games, so we're very inexperienced, but I will say this, we're talented, and so it's just going to be a matter of time, and hopefully sooner rather than later that that group gels, and that'll be a big uh, key for us offensively and as far as team-wise. Looking at our schedule, uh, once again, I feel like we have the toughest schedule in all of college football, uh, just like we did last year. You know, We open up uh, the season against Washington, a top-ten team, a lot of people are picking to to make the college football playoff and the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. Uh, really appreciate Gary Stoke and his staff. Everything they do to make that such a premier event. And we, I think three years ago we played in it. We're very looking forward to coming back here to Atlanta and playing a very good Washington team. Then we get into the SEC West, which uh, is the toughest division. It's a man's league. You've got to be ready. Uh, each week, as far as that goes, and then just like last year, uh, we'll end the season uh, against Georgia and Alabama. This year, it'll, both of them will be on the road. Um, you know, overall, uh, I really like our team. Um, I like our leaders. Uh, there's nothing like experience in our league, and we experienced some, some some highs, some lows, and like I said, we were close. And I just really sense uh, urgency and a hunger from that group. And then staff, I feel very good about our staff. You know, the stability of our staff is, uh, you know, one of the best in our league, if not the best. Uh, We have all of our coaches back, uh, but one, and we replaced him with JB Grimes, a guy that's been with us before and been very successful. So really our staff continuity, our staff chemistry uh, is very strong. And to have both our coordinators back with the majority of our players coming back is a very, good feeling going in uh, to this year. Questions?
9: Hey, Coach. Steve Moulton, WZZN in Huntsville. You mentioned Jarrett Stenham, but the backup quarterback uh, on your roster, how big of a competition is that going to be for this fall?
8: Yeah, Malik Willis and Joey Gatewood, uh, both those guys got all the reps in the spring when Jarrett was recovering uh, with his left shoulder. And, you know, Coach Lindsay got, uh, you know, a lot of great information. And there's nothing like uh, getting with the ones. Both those guys got a chance to be with the ones offensively in the spring. And, you know, Malik got a chance to play last year. And, uh, you know, I, I feel very good about, uh, about Malik and uh, what he can do. I mean, he was one play away from playing in some big games last year. And, you know, just the preparation that it takes mentally, uh, you know, is something that, you know, he can carry over uh, this year.
1: Mark Murphy inside the Auburn Tigers. Can you talk about Dontavious? You said he's underrated. You know, what? in what ways is he underrated, and is he a guy we might see playing in the NFL next yeah, year?
8: Yeah, I, I think there's a very high likelihood that Dontavious Russell will be in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, I think you can probably uh, – it's really hard to think of uh, a guy that uh, in this league uh, that has started for four years. He's got a chance to do that this year. Um, he's a guy that's been very consistent very unselfish. He'll take on double teams to open somebody else up. Uh, he's very good against the run. Uh, he's very good at pass rushing when he gets on one-on-one situations. Uh, and he's uh, what I call him as Mr. Consistency. And uh, we're, we're proud to have him. And he would have had a chance if he wanted to come out early. I think he would have had a chance to do that. And he chose to come back and get his degree and help lead lead this team and help us take that next step.
2: Jordan Hill with the Columbus Ledger Inquirer. Earlier this week, Chad Morris talked about your friendship, uh, how it goes back to your high school coaching days. Just what do you remember about the start of that friendship, and, and how it's evolved to now, where you're still, or, or both of you are now in the same division?
8: Yeah, I'm very proud of Chad, and uh, you know where he, you know, coming from a high school coach and and being a head coach in this league. Uh, Chad is one of the smarter coaches I've ever been around. He's one of the hardest workers uh, that I've ever been around. I consider him a true friend. Um, You know, it goes way back. I think I was uh, coaching a a state championship game. I think he called me and asked if he could bring him to staff. I didn't know him at all. After that, we got together, I think, for the next two years and just talked, um, you know, offensive football. And, uh, you know, he did a super job at Tulsa. Um, and then obviously when he was at Clemson he really got that thing going when he got to Clemson uh, there was a little bit of instability and I really feel like he was the guy that really put them over the top to get them where they're at right now and then you're talking about a guy that goes to SMU and he took over a very very tough situation and to get those guys uh, you know to a bowl last year was big and now he's in our league and he'll be very successful and uh, uh, he's a great coach but he's even better person
2: Hey Gus, Blake Topmeyer, Knoxville News, Sentinel. There was a time when when Auburn and Tennessee played on an annual basis. Uh, I guess, how aware are you of of the history of that rivalry going back, and and how aware do you think your players are, Uh, you know, the fact that it used to be an annual game between the teams?
8: Yeah, you know, I've been here at Auburn, I guess, nine years, and I think we played them twice. And uh, both times we we played them there, once when I was a coordinator and I think the first year I was head coach. And this will be the first time, you know, I've been at Auburn we played them uh, at home. So, uh, you know, uh, solid team and uh, with a new coach, and they've got a lot of energy right now.
0: Auburn head football coach Gus Malzahn at SEC Football Media Days in Atlanta. And Atlanta is where Gus Malzahn and the Plainsmen will return on September 1st as they're part of the Chick-fil-A kickoff contest against the Washington Huskies. 230 kick in Atlanta on September 1st. By the way, you just heard him talking about the Tennessee game. That game at Jordan-Hare Stadium takes place October 13th. The Alabama Crimson Tide also at SEC Football Media Days. Nick Saban, the head coach of the Tide. Always fun to put him behind a microphone and start asking questions. And we're going to go now and hear from the defending national champ coach on the Y'all Show.
10: I've always said before that I really hate to lose. Uh, and I think I hate losing more than I like winning. Uh, and I think that is always a great motivator to make sure that the people in your organization, uh, whether it's coaches, players, administrators, support staff, are all taking ownership and being accountable to do things at a very high level and a high standard and everybody's working together in partnership and everybody realizes um, exactly how what they do affects the future uh, for them and for the program. So, um, you know, I'm excited about it. I, I really look forward to it. I love the competition, so uh, we're just going to keep on keeping on, and nobody's looking backwards. We're all looking forward to uh, whether we can get this team to develop the characteristics they need to have a, the chance to reach their full potential and be successful.
2: I spoke to Kevin Elko recently, and sports psychologist works with your program, and he recounted a story where he walked in, and you were looking at a recruiting map, and then he took some time away, and he came back, and you were looking at the same recruiting map, and he said, your mind is set up in systems that he's never seen anything like it. Um, I'm curious, did you learn that from somewhere, were you you born this meticulous, where did you get that from?
10: I can't answer that, I don't know for sure, it's probably a combination of both. Um, You know, I grew up, my dad was um, a great person, Uh, he had a very high standard for expectations in terms of what you did, Uh, there was always a reckoning for what you did, Uh, so there was always accountability. And I think that when you know you're living in a situation like that, you're always paying attention to detail. Uh, I think I've had the opportunity to work with several coaches, whether Bill Belichick, George Perlis, uh, some very successful guys along the way uh, that were very meticulous, uh, paid great attention to detail, had tremendous organization in terms of what they did, uh, created a lot of accountability in their organization, and that's why they were successful when – um, so the combination of those things probably got me where I am from a systematic approach and accountability approach.
5: Uh, you had a shared national title under the BCS with LSU. Some would say after they made the playoff that you shared last year with UCF. Now I know you've been critical of their claim because of the system that's in place, but isn't that an indication that maybe the system is broken again?
10: Uh, I don't think the system is broken. So you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. Uh, we played a very difficult schedule and, and you know, lost one game and played against a great Clemson team and a great Georgia team, and nobody else beat both those teams to get where we got. So you can make whatever claim you want to make, and everybody's entitled to do that. But I'm proud of what our team accomplished. I'm not responsible for the system that we're in, uh, and I don't think it's broken. And I think they got the best teams in the playoff, and um, we were happy to be a part of it. So um, that's my opinion. You're entitled to yours. I'm not going to get in an argument about it. So if you have a solution, you know, maybe you ought to give it to somebody who can do something about it, like conference commissioners and the NCAA leadership and people like that. I'm not in a position to do that.
2: Hey, Coach, what sort of similarities similarities do you see in Jerry, Judy, and some of the other highly touted South Florida receivers like Mari Cooper, Calvin Ridley?
10: Well, I think we have three really good um, freshman receivers who played and made great tra- contribution last year you know, to our team. Um, and I think those guys are going to develop into uh, a very dynamic group, uh, and we're excited about their future. Uh, and. You know, hopefully they'll continue to grow and develop and be very, very productive players. We obviously lost some very good players at the receiver position, but we're excited about those guys and their opportunity to be successful in the future.
2: Mobile, Alabama has
7: obviously been pretty good to you player-wise. You have another Mobile guy right now, Jalen Armour Davis, freshman. Uh, Just tell me about what he's kind of already brought to the team and been told he's already put some weight on and is contributing pretty early.
10: Well, um, we haven't played any games yet, so um, he, he has made very nice progress. He's a fine young man. Uh, he's got really good ability. He's a hard worker. Um, he's bright. Uh, he's able been able to learn and make improvement over the summer, uh, and hopefully he'll continue that development and be able to contribute to the team this fall. I think it's going to be critical for us on defense that we have some young players um, over the entire defense. But... Most certainly in the secondary, uh, they're going to have to develop and mature into players that can play winning football at those positions for us, and Jayden Armour is certainly one of the people that have a chance to do that.
0: The effervescent Nick Saban on the Y'all Show at SEC Football Media Days 2018 as his Crimson Tide again start the 2018 season in Orlando against the Louisville Cardinals. Now to Mississippi State. Joe Moorhead is the new head coach in Starkville. He comes to MSU from Penn State where he had been an assistant coach under James Franklin and now entering SEC country as the chief bully. He was at the SEC football media days this week and this is not a Q and A with the coach. He actually had a rather lengthy
9: opening statement and we're gonna go hear a portion of that on y'all. I'm certainly humbled and honored to be here today representing Mississippi State at uh, SEC Media Day. Uh, You look around at the event and the people that are here and the coverage and and the slogan that it just means more really resonates. So it's certainly uh, an honor and a privilege to be a part of this. Uh, Just three short years ago, uh, at this time of year, I was the head coach of Fordham University in the Patriot League. And um, not to take away from uh, Patriot League Media Day, which was held at Green Pond Country Club in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, but uh, certainly this one is a little bit larger in um, scope and significance, so certainly proud to be a part of the uh, SEC Media Days. Uh, I would like to thank the SEC Communications Department. When I saw the list earlier in the spring and saw that I was speaking on the same day as Coach Saban, uh, I was a little bit worried that I was going to have to go after him because it would kind of be like taking the stage uh, and performing after the Beatles and no one's going to be in their seats and paying attention to what you're doing. So I'm excited to be able to be going lead off today. Hopefully, I can start the day off on the right foot and I promise I won't use the words excited or opportunity uh, too many times. Uh, The past eight months have been incredibly busy but incredibly productive. Uh, when we got here, uh, we were forged with uh, keeping our 2018 recruiting class together, and I think we put together a very solid class, and uh, you know, part of that was getting out to the high schools in the state of Mississippi and the surrounding areas, and establishing and cultivating relationships with the players, with the coaches, with the administrators, and the fans, and I thought that went very well for us. Uh, from there, we transitioned into our winter workout program, which is led by Coach Paroli, another northerner that I brought down with me on the staff, hailing from the great football city of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike Dicca, Tony Dorsett, Daryl Rivas, Ty Law, amongst others. And uh, Coach Paroli came to us from the Arizona Cardinals, and I may be a little bit biased, but I feel he is the best strength and conditioning coach in the country. Uh, and his job is to uh, make sure that our team gets bigger, stronger, faster, and more explosive. Uh, concentrating on functional football movements, and he's done an unbelievable job in the weight room, and certainly as a strength and conditioning coach, he spends more time with our our, our team than any of the assistants, and uh, we want to make sure that he's continuing to focus on building our culture of mental and physical toughness, and Coach Broly's done an unbelievable job there. Uh, headed from there into our spring ball, where our goal is heading into spring ball, we're to develop our identity and gain confidence. Uh, we want to make sure that we dominated situational football, concentrating on explosive play margin and turnover margin. We wanted to make sure that we competed and improved every practice. And I think throughout those 15 opportunities, we took advantage of those. It felt very, very good We were where we were coming out of spring ball, uh, because as the saying goes, you can't expect a harvest in the fall if, you've had, if you haven't planted in the spring. And I think we definitely uh, planted the seeds for success during spring ball. Uh, now we're into our summer conditioning program, which to me is really ex- an extension of our winter workouts. And really, it's a time of the year where it's player-driven. I think our team has uh, selected two excellent captains, Nick Fitzgerald and Gary Green. I think we have great leadership across the board in all three phases. And uh, certainly, we want culture drivers during this time of the year, uh, guys who understand what it takes um, from a discipline, accountability, attention to detail standpoint to make sure that things are being done the right way when the coaches aren't around. From there, we'll head into fall camp, which is really an extension of our spring goals. I want to make sure when we get out of the 29 practice opportunities and three scrim- scrimmages, that we have a very good two deep in place uh, on offense, defense, and special teams. And certainly, as you look at our personnel starting on the defensive side of the ball, you know, very excited with what we have coming back under the direction of Coach Shoup. Uh, you know, our, our front four has been talked about. Uh, Uh, A lot, and for good reason, you know, led by Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons, uh, and and we go two or three deep there at the defensive line. Uh, Very talented and athletic at the linebacker position, and certainly a lot of depth and experience at the safety position. Uh, On the offensive side of the ball, uh, certainly very excited there as well. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald uh, at the quarterback position, a good stable of running backs, a big physical uh, and aggressive offensive line and certainly a bunch of playmakers at the tight end and wide receiver position uh, who are going to be given an opportunity during fall camp in the season to show what they can do. And then on special teams, uh, sorry, Coach Getzey, our offensive coordinator, and then on special teams led by Coach Joey Jones, uh, Jace Chrisman returning as our kicker, and then Cody Schexnader and Tucker Day uh, fighting it out for the punting duties. Uh, we'll head from there into the season. There's certainly a lot of excitement and optimism abounding for the Mississippi State program. Uh, very challenging and exciting non-conference schedule. There, I did exciting again. If y'all are keeping the over-under on that, I might be hitting you over on the exciting calls. But uh, certainly, uh, you know... Uh, um, of our non-conference schedule, the trip to Manhattan, Kansas, and the opportunity to play against Kansas State and a coaching icon like uh, Coach Snyder is an awesome opportunity. Uh, From there, you head into the conference schedule and as certainly everybody knows here in the SEC, the margin of error is razor thin. Uh, You've got to be on top of your game every single week uh, to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, hopefully when things go well, to be back here in Atlanta in uh, the first weekend of December competing for the conference championship and certainly the opportunity to head into the college football playoff. And certainly, as I talk about the margin of error, the last two years at Penn State, uh, you know, we were very close to the college football playoff in 2016, won the conference, uh, but weren't selected in, the, in this past year. Uh, you were four points away from being undefeated, uh, lost to Ohio State by one, and to Michigan State on the field goal as time expired. So you know, certainly as we go through this SEC schedule, and particularly in the, in the western side of the, of the conference, um, you do have to be on your game every week and, and very excited about the opportunity there.
0: Mississippi State's head football coach Joe Moorhead in Atlanta at SEC Football Media Days. The Bulldogs start the 2018 season on Saturday, September 1st, when the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin head to Davis Wade Stadium. Now to Mizzou as the Tigers look to improve in 2018. They start their season on September first, against the UT Martin Skyhawks, as they go to Faro Field for the season opener, the Tigers start SEC play against the Georgia Bulldogs on the 22nd of September at Faro Field. Now, the Tigers' head football coach at the mic this week at SEC football media days. Let's go now and hear from head coach Barry Odom.
6: Going into to this season, I'm um, as excited as I've been about a football team. Um, Partly because we've got a number of returning starters back and, and a number of lettermen that have played significant roles uh, over the last couple of years in our program, but, but mostly excited about their work ethic, the way that they've approached the offseason starting back in January with their winter conditioning program through spring practices and now into the summer uh, ball portion of, of their schedule. Um, it's always Uh, When you get here and and know that that Media Day is here and on us, that uh, practice number one is right around the corner. I look forward to developing and and moving this team forward, building off uh, some of the good things that we did late last year and then putting them in position uh, to be a better player and and better team on both sides of the ball getting into 2018. Coach, you lost a
5: a coordinator in Hypo going down to Orlando UCF. Uh, what can uh, fans in Orlando expect from him as a person, and then what makes him special as a coach?
6: Well, I've known Josh for, for a number of years and was excited to, to get him hired at Mizzou, and, and he did a great job for us. He is a uh, very, very competitive leader um, that will put his guys in, in position uh, to be successful in every area of their life. I, uh, I knew when we hired him probably weren't going to have him that long because he had aspirations to be a head coach and he's really got the makeup on seeing the big picture on being able to go do it. Um, I expect he'll have uh, great success uh, early on and uh, you know, he's a good friend that, that uh, has done a great job in the business.
7: Hey, Coach uh, Derek Dooley, your new offensive coordinator. How do you anticipate him impacting the team this season?
6: Well, I looked at a number of different guys, and uh, when that position came open, when Coach Heiple left, and and looked at the opportunity on what this team needed and what we wanted offensively, uh, wanted a guy that was confident enough to come in and not have to scrap everything that we had done the last couple of years, and just because he wanted to run his offense. I wanted to maintain some of the integrity of the things that we had done offensively but also build on that and have opportunities to do some different things either in personnel settings or formations or tempo or the different ways that you can play offensively and Derek from a leadership role from all the things that he's done since he's been on campus, relationship building with our kids, uh, I'm really excited he's on our staff. I know he's going to put our guys uh, in position to be their best and he's been good in the staff room for me being a former head coach.
8: What sort of development have
7: you seen from Therese Hall and Kel Garrett since they first got to Missouri? And in what ways
2: do they complement one, one another?
6: Well, they' both both of those guys, uh, the positions they play at inside linebacker, um, you know we, we rely on them being so versatile in in the run game and then in pass coverage. They've both grown in both of those those areas, understanding. Uh, how uh, all 11 people fit, pieces fit together, uh, where their fit needs to be, how they play off of each other. So the consistency for them on now having experience, really as many snaps as anybody on the, on the, on the roster has played, they've got it and they've done it together. Uh, so those guys, they speak the same language on the field. They've, they've got an opportunity now to work together in drill work and then in live competition last year. Um, I look for, for both of them to, to have their best year. And I think that the work that they've put in, not only on the field, but the, the learning and the classroom work, the extra time that they spend together watching film together, uh, that's only going to make us a better defensive football team.
7: Coach, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Drew Locke. Where is his football IQ
2: right now, and how much have you seen it grown from your first year to your second year?
6: Yeah, you look at the, the physical, uh, skill set that Drew has is, is um, one of the best in the country if not the best. Uh, the thing that you want to keep pushing for him and allow him and provide him the resources that now he can take his game to the next step and the next level and that's getting a play call, reading the defense, putting us in the right position with the play call, and maybe checking out of it and understanding where the ball is more likely to go once the ball is snapped. The ability that he's had from the time our bowl game was over Uh, in December to today his football IQ is is better uh, than maybe the jump that he made from his freshman year to now. He's learned so much. He's fine-tuned his footwork. And with the experience and the understanding on what we need out of that position, um, I expect and anticipate him to have a special year. But we also need the 10 guys around him to play really well because if they do that, it makes his job easier. If we can run the football, then that opens up some ability in the pass game that's going to help us out and it all plays together. Drew's done a great job on commanding leadership, providing it, showing it by by his actions, and then following through with it on being a leader uh, for our entire program. Mizzou football
0: coach Barry Odom at the mic at SEC Football Media Days. We've got a few more coaches left that we'll get to on the Friday. Y'all will hear from South Carolina head man Will Muschamp also, we'll hear from Derek Mason, the coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Those two are our final two coaches of SEC football media days. that We'll put into the Friday mix on y'all as we've had every other coach thus far in the y'all program, and we're gonna we're gonna give love to the Gamecocks and the Doors on the Friday, y'all. Well, coming up, we're gonna give barbecue some love as the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue returns. Matt Heermans, is our special guest. He's got some grilling tips, and he's got some great barbecue joints in Louisiana to talk about. That's ahead on Y'all.
1: Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, The strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.
2: There's never been a better time to try our Sprint Network. We have to find a way to tell everyone. Atlas is here to help.
3: Because now we have our new Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu and all the TV and movies you love. Title premium music streaming, 15 gigabytes mobile hotspot, and full HD all on the network built for unlimited at the best price
4: exactly we need to shout this deal from the rooftops
3: you got it
2: at i didn't mean literally
3: sprint's new unlimited plus plan best deal ever
4: Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit a Sprint store Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1.
3: Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercials plan per Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines subject to credit. and $30 activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply.
2: When you don't have a big marketing budget, you have to wait until the opportunity is just right. Well, consider this your opportunity alarm going off. VistaPrint's semi-annual sale has arrived with up to 50% off site-wide, including custom postcards, signs, invitations, posters, and more. And with tons of business card options like square cards, now's the time to get huge savings on them too. Make the most of this opportunity. Go to vistaprint.com by July 24th and enter the promo code SAVEBIG.
4: John is firing up his Coleman grill We got 24
0: tall boys on the chill Yeah, 14 of them's mine A little Marshall Tucker on the radio Back into y'all on a beautiful Thursday. We hope wherever you are, maybe you'll get in a little afternoon thunder boomer somewhere, but it'll clear up. That's what happens this this time of year. I'm John Rawlin. This is the show all about the South. And in the South, as we learned earlier in today's show, the Great Texas Mosquito Festival taking place in Clute, Texas next week. And we're going to go not too many bios from Clute to find Matt Heerman's now, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, joining us here on the Y'all Show. Hello, Matt. Yes, sir. How are you, John? I am doing good. Have you heard of beautiful Clute, Texas, and the mosquitoes that they celebrate?
11: I've not only heard of it, I have been to Clute. Um, I'll leave your uh, beautiful description as your own editorial. But, (laughs) uh, yeah, the mosquitoes are certainly large enough to be considered small birds, I would
0: Okay. Well we had a good time in hour one talking about next weekend's festival. Hey, if you don't have any plans, you and the missus go to Clute and have a good time. They got some good country music artists performing there. It's really
11: it really is a cool it really is a cool festival. Um and yeah, there's plenty of mosquitoes to go around, I can guarantee it.
0: All right, well I want to get into the barbecue talk with you and the grilling talk. And speaking of insects and our unofficial state mammal of the south, the mosquito that is, especially in July <laughs> <laughs> Matt, this right. is this is really tapping deep into your archives of great knowledge about grilling. What is your best advice when it comes to grilling outdoors and dealing with things like mosquitoes and other pests that want to jump on the food? What what does the Matster do?
11: Well, I'm not a horticulturalist by trade, but I can tell you a couple things. I, there are certain flying uh, pests that are attracted to barbecue smoke and flies are one of those for whatever reason flies uh, are absolutely uh, magnetized to any type of smoldering coal and wood and meat on a smoker Uh, however the mosquitoes uh, they don't like the smoke all that much so you may uh if you got a heavy smoke going you may avoid the mosquitoes but attract the flies the only difference is the flies can't suck the blood out of you so uh it may be preferable, but yeah, mosquitoes leave leave heat, uh, that kind of heat alone, um, as, as well as smoke. So I don't know if either one of the, uh, I don't know if I have any great methods to keep you out of the bugs, especially in July, especially in low-lying areas where I live. It's just, you just kind of, <laughs> you just got to take it sometimes i think
0: yeah if you want to cook outside and not deal with a lot of uh pests flying around we encourage maybe the north pole would be a good option Oh, I, I was gonna say
11: one one great way to avoid it is to actually move your smoker to like montana maybe so, <laughs>
9: um
11: but that's not practical for many of us Southerners,
9: of yeah
0: no 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 you when you're lucky enough to have those views of the beach and the gulf and Everything else out there in the south, then the, the price comes with things like grilling and insects. However, Matt, if a bug, Roof. if a bug or mosquito somehow lands on the prepared food, is that a big problem?
11: Uh, mosquitoes will generally not do so. Flies, I mean, you gotta as long as the fly doesn't have time to sit there and lay its eggs. And I know this is this is very appetizing when we get here. As mm-hmm. long as you shoot the flies off fairly quickly it's going to be okay there's really no reason uh to to discard of some type of cooked meat that has a fly land on it for a second now i left it outside for 30 minutes and it was completely covered in flies like it had a fly sweater on the meat for instance now, i probably wouldn't like that because that's what they like to do they like to eat and lay their eggs on stuff like that but um generally uh, you know a couple little flies zooming around <laughs> that's not a big problem that's that's not going to bother anybody I was
0: hoping you were going to tell me that mosquitoes and flies and gnats are all good protein for us.
11: You know it is. They're also uh, they're also very low carb. Ah, exactly. Uh huh. I'll
0: look for that yeah. the next time I'm in the health yeah. health food aisle.
11: Not necessarily a flavor enhancer, though. I can't I can't vouch for that. All right.
0: Well, can you blame these animals for not for trying for trying to get on our delicious grilling? I, I think
11: no, no, I can't. In fact. I'll be honest with you, if I was a fly, I'd be <laughs> all up on my barbecue every time, so I cannot lighten
0: them. Well, if I were a fly, I would be on your wall for sure. <laughs> we're talking with Matt Heerman's The Barrister, a bodacious barbecue in ba- Barrister. It is July. It is so dang hot out across the southeast right now. And I know you've talked before about some of the items that go along with your grilling. And one thing you have to be really careful of from my own knowledge, but I want to get the barrister's knowledge, is using mayonnaise and not having it refrigerated in this time of year where it's so darn hot. So what is your advice on using mayonnaise to keep people from getting sick?
11: Yeah, well, I guess you're probably referring to. Uh, well, I was going to say you're referring to potato salads and new and macaroni salads and and coleslaw and things like yes, that. But yes, yes. I guess if you're in certain regions of Alabama, you could be referring to barbecue sauce as well. So, oh yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I would say uh, the longer the the mayo sits out, the the more it's going to kind of melt into a mush. But you have a little bit of a time frame. That the thing is about mayonnaise it's pasteurized. So it's not a. uh, It's not like uh, it does have eggs in it. It's not necessarily a dairy product because there's no milk in it. But um, generally, mayo is going to be fine sitting out for a little while. Now, warm potato salad, warm coleslaw. uh, You know that's a taste. uh, That's a taste sensation that most of us are not too big, too fond of. But as long as you, if you're having an outdoor picnic, if you're having an outdoor get together, your your stuff, your mayo-based stuff can sit for quite a long time out there. It's not going to go bad immediately or it's not going to curdle because, again, it hasn't pasteurized. And unfortunately, a lot of it has a lot of preservatives in it. So, um, But flies do. i am tell you what, flies love mayonnaise. If you're talking about <laughs> keeping bugs away. You're talking about keeping bugs away from the barbecue feast area. Uh, you're going to want to have some type of saran wrap or something to put over it because there's nothing that attracts bugs more than mayo. And I love mayo, so again, I can't blame the bugs, but yeah, they're generally yeah. not invited.
0: What is strange about mayonnaise is you talked about the pasteurize of the pasteurization of mayonnaise you can buy when you buy mayonnaise in the store it is not refrigerated so that's I get, right it's perfectly fine until you open it up and once it's open you better not keep it sitting out
11: exactly and that's the thing uh, you're right um the thing about mayo too is that it it seems like it's got dairy in it, which always scares us when it gets warm, but it doesn't. It's just white and creamy. It's just all it is is, uh, is eggs and oil whipped till it gets white and frothy. So it really doesn't have any dairy product in it. It's just an oil based uh, condiment. So it's really one of the better things you can have sitting out, to be honest with you.
0: Did I just hear you say the F word on the Y'all show?
11: Which one would that be?
0: I think be- I heard it. We're a family show, Matt. I heard you say the word frothy. <laughs>
11: <laughs> guilty as charged i can't i cannot tell a lie uh, okay. I'm, under, I'm under you put me under oath before we talk so i have to admit this.
0: that's not a word i often say uh i'm more likely <laughs> no, that you know that's why we got you on the show to spice things up to make us a little bit more educated you're the barrister for goodness sakes
11: yeah yeah but, i'm happy to bring some uh bring some seldom used words out on the show
0: but Barrister, I'm going to weave something together as we get ready for a timeout on the y'all show with you. And we're going to come back and get some great Matt Heerman suggestions for Q. So I'm not get letting back. you off the hook quite yet. We've got to really, really get into that mind in a, in a moment. But as we get ready for a timeout, Matt, I, I think of late July, and I think of you, and I think of heat. And I can't help but think of one of our great memories together when we traveled to Bristol, Tennessee... For Duke, Duke's Fest, which is Dukes of Hazard fans get together. They don't do it anymore, but for a long time they did at the Bristol Speedway in Bristol, Tennessee. And you and I were there, and I don't think I've ever been hotter in my entire life. And we were there working for y'all, oddly enough. We had a, a, a booth right next to the merchandise table for the Dukes of Hazard, and you and I worked our fannies off. We worked our fannies we- off that day
11: literally um literally lost probably about 10 15 pounds in that heat i will say that was a heck of a good time incredibly hot when you i guess when i come from the gulf coast areas so when i think of east tennessee i think boy that's going to be nice and cool or it's not going to be as warm but boy that was hot it was it was incredibly hot and i will say for those if you have anybody listening who's maybe a native of east tennessee or west uh, western virginia uh-huh. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous part of the uh, of our region. Yeah. It's absolutely
0: beautiful. You and I spent the night in Abington, Virginia, a great we did. great town just north of Bristol.
11: And a really great.
0: Really neat neat part of our country. But I've gotta say, Matt, to kind of weave it all here together as we head off to a timeout. When I think of July and I think of, of what we've just were talking about and I think of all the people that were not only at Duke's at Bristol that day, but who come to Bristol Speedway, it's the largest track for attendance in all of NASCAR like 150,000 is it really oh yeah it's 150 you know they had that Tennessee Virginia Tech football game there two years ago I do uh-huh. 150,000 people so I'm going to leave you with this one since we were just talking about that white substance that you're such a fan of when I think of Bristol and the races and, and all the stuff that goes on there man there's a lot of people <laughs> nice delayed laugh it
11: took me it took me about a second and a half but uh yeah not not too bad not too bad okay well
0: i'll leave i won't quit my day job stay with us <laughs> barbecue talk continues as mr Heroins is going to give us his take on some great establishments in the south that have barbecue the y'all show rolls on after this break
5: geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-to's
0: an overflowing toilet can wreak havoc
4: on your home so today I'll show you how to avoid a flood by installing the toilet in your bathtub. All you need is a plumber's wrench and a hose clamp. This easy modification not only stops flooding, it also cuts down on morning prep time.
5: You could try to protect your home with a tub toilet, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be.
0: Back into y'all as we wind the show down here on a delicious Thursday. Delicious, we hope that you've got some good queue lined up for you. And if you don't, Matt Herman's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, is back with us here with John Rawl. You are listening to y'all at y'all show on Twitter. And Matt, all right, this is what we pay you the big bucks for. We want to find out some more great places we can stop while we're traveling the highways and byways of
11: Dixie fantastic you know it's my favorite part of the show every week john
0: all right well i'm glad
11: well i tell you what we we talked about texas last week we spent a little time in memphis um but let's move over to a i'd say a state that doesn't get a whole lot of barbecue hype if you will and that's louisiana so huh. for, for most of us uh well anybody who's who's from the great state of louisiana knows that you got south louisiana you got north louisiana you got central louisiana and then you have new orleans which is kind of its own deal so um those different regions are are very uh different as far as barbecue goes the interesting thing about louisiana i would say is that they cook a lot of uh, it's kind of that shatter zone between kind of texas and you move into mississippi and alabama so mm-hmm. uh louisiana does it uh, takes a lot of influence from texas in that they cook a lot of beef especially at some of the more popular places, of course they do ribs and they do pork like everywhere else but you do have kind of that influence so there's a couple places i'll just focus on real quick i spend a lot of time personally going to baton rouge in new orleans for business okay and i like i like to seek out barbecue joints um anywhere i go uh in new orleans there's a place called the joint uh that is uh fantastic it's over in the bywater for people who know where that is the little neighborhood east of the uh, french quarter and that is a, it's one of the better barbecue places I've had over the last year and a half. They're uh, Their brisket, we've talked about point versus flat in previous programs, they have great moist uh, brisket point, which is the fattier part of the brisket. It's cooked well. They use oak and pecan, which are nice with beef. It's just a really fantastic joint to have. The ribs are fine. The pulled pork is good. Uh, but surprisingly, uh, the brisket at the joint over in New Orleans is, is, is pretty top-notch. I have to say that's a great spot. Um, in, uh, Baton Rouge, uh, there's kind of a, a favorite place to hang out called TJ ribs. Uh, you imagine it would be a rib joint and you're, you're correct. Um, it's kind of an old school, uh, type, uh, sit down restaurant, indoor barbecue type place. It's not one of these more modern, um, uh, you know, gastropub type, uh, barbecue joints, but they have good, solid, sweet, soft, uh, spare ribs and baby back ribs, um, that are that are actually pretty good if you like a sweet rib with some pretty traditional light hickory smoke uh well cooked um, coming off the bone a little bit not falling off but certainly a little bit less than what we call competition style barbecue t j ribs is worth a stop get your rack get your half rack they uh, it's kind of one of these easy going places one of these old fashioned type restaurants where they'll bring it to your table you don't order from a counter or anything like that so uh, those are a couple places in Louisiana, one in Baton Rouge and one in New Orleans. If you're headed over I- headed from I-10 one place or the other, you're pretty much going to be passing through those two cities. And those are two, two joints I would check out if it were me.
0: So when you go to the Pelican State, there's more than just Cajun food, which is wonderful. Sure. We love our Cajun cool. food, but yes, barbecue we do. is another option. Now, speaking of Cajun food and where we think of Cajun more down in South Louisiana, we're talking Lafayette, Lake Charles even. Yep. Have you found any good cue spots in those two areas?
11: Uh, I can't say I've stopped in Lafayette. I will say this. In Lake Charles, it, we're going to kind of stretch the definition of barbecue here.
0: Okay.
11: Uh, but in, in Scott, Louisiana, which is right, is right outside of Lake Charles for anybody who travels I-10 back and forth, uh, there's Dawn Specialty Meats, and they've ah. got smoked. They've got smoked boudin, they've got smoked, uh, they even have smoked ribs from time to time, they have smoked rib tips, they have uh, cracklins. Now, this is, again, expanding the definition of barbecue, but um, if you like smoked boudin, if you like smoked sausage, if you like smoked even rib tips, things like that, Don's in Scott, which is right outside of Lake Charles, is worth a stop. It's, it's, It's fantastic. I like to pick up boudin there and bring it back.
0: Yeah. Well, we love our Cajun food. That's a whole other topic that we've got to have you on and get your incredible, incredible insight on that. I've got to ask you. Yes, sir. Have you ever been to Iowa?
11: I have been through Iowa. I know what Iowa you're talking about as well. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. All right. Well, ed- <laughs> and it's not the it's not the Midwestern uh, Iowa either.
0: No, no. Tell us where Iowa is.
11: I if I remember correctly, Iowa's was in South Louisiana. Is it not?
0: Yeah, it's east of Lake Charles in Calcasieu Parish. I think is the name of Calcasieu.
11: Calcasieu. Sorry,
0: yeah. I apologize. Louisiana. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's not.
11: It's not too far from Don's Specialty Meats either. It's not too far ah, from Scott. Okay.
0: Scott. Well, yeah. they got a really good Loves Travel Stop there in Iowa. If you ever are on I-10 and you need to go, Iowa is a place to go. Between right. Baton Rouge and I guess Beaumont, it's a, it's a really good, really good spot. Yeah. And
11: some you're not, not, not going to see any corn. No, but,
0: no, uh, no, but they do have a lot of sugarcane down there. I did notice that. That's true, that is true. Matt Herman's, I love what you've done today with our Louisiana, but I'm not going to let you off the hook. Here's your assignment for a future segment on the show. We got to give some love to North Louisiana. Okay, so, happy to the people in Shreveport and Monroe, and even a great place like Ruston, they want to hear what you've got to say about their part of the Pelican State. So that is a future assignment. Next week, we're going to get you. I like you it. Next week, we'll have you go somewhere else in the South with your roaming report of all things barbecue. Matt Hearmans, the barrister of bodacious barbecue. Thank you, sir.
11: Thank you. Can't wait till next
0: week. All right. Well, that puts a wrap on today's Y'all Show with John Raw. We'll be back here on Friday. We'll continue to look back at all things SEC Media Days as it will be over with tomorrow. The last day of that, of course, is today. We'll have more interviews some recaps of Nick Saban and more on the Y'all Show. We'll have our Friday free for y'all and much, much more. The fun is just beginning on y'all. Have a great rest of your day. I'm John Raw. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus 7 healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed.